Chapter 99 in a long-running drama. Oracle fired another salvo at the Defense Department's $10 billion cloud procurement initiative. The software giant now alleges in a new court filing that the Joint Enterprise Defense Initiative, or JEDI Cloud Program, is fraught with lies, ethics violations, and misconduct. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about this latest dramatic turn in the ever-growing saga that is Jedi, and Jason joins me now in studio. And it sounds like Oracle is throwing everything it's got, and it's legally, that's a company that has a lot, historically, at this Jedi procurement. I think you're absolutely right, Tom. And one thing about Oracle that I've been told time and again from people who are watching this very closely is that they're not afraid to go, if you will, to the ropes on this because they feel, number one, that it's wrong. But two, they feel like if they get cut out of this DoD market, and we know that's never going to be one cloud, but they feel like if they don't get – if they're not a first mover, they're going to be cut out. And Oracle feels like it's just they, – they have no choice but to go to the ropes on this. And, and let me tell you, this latest court filing, this latest complaint, it's an amended complaint complaint is just fascinating read. Lies, ethics violations, misconduct. I'll call it a paperback novel. It has all the pieces and parts of of a good, you know, uh, a dribble of novel. Uh, This is a 128-page filing in the Court of Federal Claims, part of the lawsuit. We found out just uh, late last week that the court will hear oral arguments uh, on this Jedi from the government, the Justice Department, and Oracle's lawyers on July 10th. And that's in the Washington, D.C. court. So, you know, we'll be there for that, Tom. But in the meantime, the the big deal that came out of this is the more specifics around three players either worked at Amazon or had close connections to Amazon or formerly worked at Amazon. There's Deep Ube, who has been at the center of this controversy. He is the defense digital service person. Right. For months now, he's been out there. The Oracle filing also talks about uh, Anthony uh, DiMartino, who also has been mentioned several times in this saga as, uh, you know, had a consultant to Amazon, worked for DOD, and concerns about his role. And we just found out now this person's name has been redacted throughout the filing, but through multiple sources we have confirmed that this third person involved that we have the name now is Victor Gavin, a former Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Navy for Command Control Communications Computer Systems and Intelligence, and currently, according to his LinkedIn page, head of federal technology vision and business development at Amazon Web Services. And what Oracle does is they they specifically go through and discuss where the problems are with Ube and specifically Victor Gavin, who, again, is is redacted throughout the whole thing. And, Tom, there's a lot there. People can read it online. But let me just give you one one piece of this. Uh, When it comes to Victor Gavin's role, who we're learning about now, it says, and this is Oracle writing, uh, began employment discussions in late summer 2017, continued discussions throughout JEDI. Like Ube, Gavin continued participating on JEDI even after accepting an employment offer from AWS. For instance, in Gavin's final JEDI meeting, held three days after Gavin accepted an offer to serve as principal in AWS's Federal Technology Division, Gavin participated in and received access to DoD source selection-sensitive draft acquisition strategy. Now, this is all Oracle's point of view. We have to be clear about that. Sure. There are other points of view. The government will have their own. AWS will have their own. But it's just that just that one little snip, snippet that I've read is just a fascinating twist and turn to this ongoing saga. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. And do we have any answer yet from DOD and Amazon Web Services? We don't have a lot. Now, AWS officially declined to comment on Oracle's filing. They declined to make Gavin or Uba, Ubi 
also available for answer any questions. However, Amazon has pointed out over the last several months that that there's been three separate investigations into this conflict of interest, uh, one by the Government Accountability Office and two by DOD, and they found no conflicts related to the Jedi solicitation. Now, DOD did find problems where Uba, Ube and Gavin potentially violated the FAR and potentially the, the federal law when it comes to uh, procurement and, and, and uh, conflicts of business of interest. Um, uh, DOD, in their filing back in January, called, or, called Oracle's efforts a broad fishing expedition to find support for its claim that the solicitation at issue is tainted by alleged conflicts of interest. And Oracle also um, has been been said to be a uh, issuing a wildly misleading and desperate attempt to smear Amazon and distorting the facts. This is from Amazon as well. So as you see, they're they're throwing a little bit of uh, a mud pies back and forth. But with this juxtaposition by Oracle of employment status and access to documents, it sounds to me like the famous Air Force case when the executive in charge of procurement, Darlene Drunyan, was offered a job at Boeing, and I think she ended up in jail for about nine months or so eventually after that whole case played out. That was about 15 years ago. That was. Tom, that, that brings up a great point because when I started talking to some people in the procurement world that followed not only this but no procurement like the back of their hand, that was the first thing that we all started talking about. Hey, does this Oracle's filing raise to Darlene Jr. and her – uh, problems with the Air Force tanker, and she ended up going to jail. Now, p- for people who don't remember, this is the the K forty six tanker. This was a you know multi which multi- is still not flying billion dollar. Yes, it's not, still not flying. A multi billion dollar procurement. Uh, Drunian was the principal deputy undersecretary for acquisition, and she basically uh, went to jail for inflating the price of the contract in favor of her f- future employer Boeing and passing information to competing contractors. Now, maybe it's not quite there, but. Wow, there's a, even if Oracle's complaint is 50% true or has a fair amount of validity to it, fascinating read. One last bit that I also bring up, Tom, to you is uh, the Oracle complaint also confirms what we reported back in March that the FBI is investigating the Jedi procurement. We don't have a lot more details, but the fact is that Oracle put it in their complaint to the court tells us that's true. Oh, so they have their own version of the Mueller report going on somewhere there. Some kind of defense department. Very special counsel. And while we have you, Jason, you're also writing about the Technology Modernization Fund, TMF, where people watch the dribs and drabs of awards come out against that one. And now there's some new awards possibly coming? Possibly. We're, we're inching closer, I think, the board is. It's about, they have about $35 million to, to quote-unquote, loan out in uh, 2019. Uh, Maria wrote the Small Business Administration CIO, and she's a member of the board, said about 12 projects are in that, what she calls the draft phase, where they're working with the TMF Program Management Office to finalize the proposals. And she tells me several others have come in for what they call phase two, where they're pitching their proposals to the board, which then you would assume the board then will make some decisions. What's also interesting about this, Tom, is the board only has approved about 14% of the projects they've seen. So 50 proposals, they've reviewed 37, seven so far have received money. So I think it's interesting that despite the fact that such a low approval rate, a lot of interest in it, a lot more proposals are in the works. Yeah, so I guess the question is why are they so reluctant to pull the trigger on some of these? I think maybe they're, are they lousy proposals or do we have a timid board? I'd say maybe more lousy proposals than a timid board. If you know who's on the board, none of them are timid. But at the same time, I think they want to make sure their their smart uses that they can those lessons can be learned. And one good example of that is the Department of Housing and Urban Development. They actually got their second tranche of TMF funding 
for their Unisys mainframe modernization effort. They got another $5 million. And Kevin Cook, the principal deputy CIO, tells me they're going from prototype to production with this second set of money. And that's a big step. I, I think they may be the first of those seven projects to receive that second tranche of money. So congratulations to HUD. They're moving forward. They're, they're satisfying what the board sees. Uh, the big next step for HUD is not only to get this from prototype to production, Hey, guess what? They have an IG audit underway. There They'll we go. They'll have to pass that one too next. Always somebody looking over your shoulder. And those TMF funds that were appropriated, they do carry over from year to year? They do, Tom. Basically, the, that's why the the Technology Modernization Fund Board has $35 million this year instead of just $25 million. Congress appropriated $25 million for 2019, but they had $10 million left over in 2018. So put them together, you get $35 million. And that's why I think you'll see more projects maybe awarded this year in the next few months, I would assume. And it's also what you say implies the fact that Congress is watching this whole thing. Uh, absolutely, Congress is watching this thing because the next big thing for HUD, of course, will be a big audit that's just started from the IG. So it's not just Congress is watching, but obviously now the auditors too. Never a dull moment. Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.